It's Talking Twins and more with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More on Multiple Birth Podcast with myself, Nix, and joining me, my wonderful co-host from twinfo.com.au, Naomi Dolan. Hey, Naomi, how you going? Good, Nikki. Good to be back with you for another week. It is good. How's the family going? Any news? Anything exciting Uh, happening? You know, we're just rolling on through. I don't know. Coming up to 10th birthday shortly. I've only got a couple of months away from that. So oh, I've been my goodness. How are, you I feeling? Know. How are you feeling as a I mum know. of almost double digits? I just, I, I used to always see other people going, oh, double digits. And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah. But now, now I'm approaching it. I'm like, wow, they're nearly 10. That's like grown up. It is. They're and- no longer little kids. And it's, it's, it's another one of those massive milestones, I think, like getting to 10, you you know, and we've been talking previously, you're kind of on the cusp of that as teenage years, they're starting to sort of show those signs and, you know, you're going into that next stage. Yeah, I am. I have to say I'm not looking forward to the teen <laughs> age years, I have to say. I've, I've just, yeah, I'm a bit scared, but that's all right. <laughs> I'll share it all with you. Yeah. You'd be scared with me. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> talking about sharing, we've got another awesome guest joining this, us this week. We're uh, going to be talking all things about um, complications and difficulties through pregnancy. We've already spoken to so many different people, um, but Jackie Lee has a very interesting story herself. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing from Jackie because um, she seems to have gone through a fair bit and I think that she'll be able to, a lot of our listeners will be able to resonate with different stories that she has to share with us. We'll find out more when we chat to her next on Talking Twins and More. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. Jackie is joining us today who is a twin mum based out of Port Macquarie in New South Wales and seems to be pretty much an entrepreneur in every single aspect, don't you think, Naomi? I think she got a finger in every pie. <laughs> she certainly Hi, does. Guys. Hey, Jackie, how are you going? I'm really good. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you uh, Basically, uh, what is it? Twin mum plus one is what you're going under on Instagram. So that pretty much sums up your home situation. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's a busy lifestyle. Jackie, let's kick it off first of all. Tell us about your family. Um, you've got a set of twin boys and another one. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so I'm definitely a boy mum. I have a 10-year-old boy and then the twins are three, um, nearly three and a half. So there's never a dull moment, that's for sure. And we've got a bit of a diverse household with everybody's needs. So it's not just, you know, everybody needs the same thing. Um, But yeah, happy to share everything and and hopefully um, help anyone out there who, who might be going through tough times or even just some easily listening. Well, that sounds fantastic to me because I'm just going to kick right off the bat and ask the one question because I'm asking this more so for Nikki's sake rather than mine um, because I've got girl boy twins. Nick has um, boy twins. The one thing that I always hear about is when people already have a boy and then find out that they're pregnant with boy twins is like, oh my gosh, is it really intense? Because Nikki's got boy twins and, you know, I'm hoping that she'll have another. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, like the whole gender swaying thing and the whole, like not even that, just the whole gender issue is just something so large. Um, I personally just believe that, you know, whatever we have, I is, you should be grateful for. I've got girl boy twins and I was absolutely devastated I didn't have boy twins 
So I need to make people like. It's true, she does. Look, um, I was really hoping for a girl to be in the mix, and I didn't even consider the possibility of having two more boys. It just didn't enter my brain. And so when those scans came up of, you know, okay, do you want to find out the gender, um, we were very, no, let's let's try and keep this a surprise. This pregnancy is hard. We need surprises along the way. And we'll just wait till, you know, we really need it. So we got her to write it on a piece of paper and put it in an envelope. And then, you know, I got home and I asked Xavier, my 10-year-old, who was, what, five at the time, um, you know, do you want to know? And he's like, yeah, let's open it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I really could not help myself. So that lasted long? Two boys. Yeah. And I just couldn't even believe it. It was too, and I'm like, no, she's just, you know, she's just playing with us. Like, no way. So I just couldn't even yeah, wrap my head around that it was voice. But I mean, now, obviously, I would never change it for the world. And I sort of just decided I'm destined not to have any girls, which I mean, I think I'm a little bit fortunate because I think it'd be really, really tough to bring up girls in the world that we live in. Oh, um, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got girl boy, and I still think, oh gosh, I'm so two boys. Sometimes when I look at what I, what digitally we're going to have to, you know, yeah. navigate later on and everything like that. But that's a whole other topic. But then you got the yeah, physicality yeah. of boys as well. Like just coming from we're at five, and it's just everything is just constantly bashing the crap out of each other. Either that, or I'm a really bad mum. <laughs> Which is highly possible, <laughs> FYI. But no, definitely I just, not a I just bad don't mom. understand That's hilarious how you, one. I do not understand how you can't ask your brother a question without headbutting him or whacking him or sitting on top of him. I, I just fundamentally don't get it. Do you? <laughs> I, I think boys are absolute tornadoes and I do tend to call them <laughs> tornadoes um, in many instances. Because um, they absolutely mm. are. Um, I do have, and they're complete opposites for me. Like mine are not identical. Um, they're flat, and so they are opposites. Mm. I've got one who's an absolute old man, and he's just such an old soul in a toddler's body. And then I've got my, you know, sensitive little angel who is my prince charming. I like to call him, and he always gives me this cheeky little grin when I call him that. Um, but yeah, they they fine. Yeah, <laughs> a so lot. We've spoken, everything. We've spoken a lot to twin parents who, who may have had another child, but they tend to be quite close in age. There's quite a big age gap between your eldest and then the twins. How was that for an adjustment? Because what your old, eldest must have been about six or seven when the boys were born, the twins. Yeah, it was um, it was huge. Um, the pregnancy alone was really difficult. Even trying to get pregnant was difficult. But anyway... So when you're pregnant, obviously <laughs> two or more. I can't even imagine more than two. <laughs> we always say you know, that. your body, <laughs> your body's kind of built to, to have one in there. So for me, I'm really petite. I'm really short. I'm quite small, and so having two in there, I was pretty much the same out as I was tall. <laughs> and so oh, my body didn't cope. Like my kidneys were getting blocked, and I was hospitalised. I can't even tell you how many times. Um, so having another child who was in year one at the time and we were also going through autistic assessments, um, all of these 
lots of different, you know, things. Um, it was really difficult and I remember absolutely crying my eyes out in the hospital bed at one stage and the nurse came in and I'm not, you know, a public crier. Like usually I'll, you know, hide and go in the shower and have a cry. But this day, I'd, everything had just got to me. I thought I was alone for a sec. And so I was having a big cry about how I was supposed to navigate Xavier's needs and be stuck in a hospital bed and just just try to work everything out, let alone, you know, work and life and everything else. Like, I just couldn't get past how I was meant to meet Xavier's needs. And I felt like such a shit mum. And this nurse walked in on me and I sort of tried to hide it. And she was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, I just don't know what to do. And she was she was just like, oh, my God, that moment. She was just the best person in my life ever. <laughs> and she's like, okay, go have a shower. I'm going to remake your bed with fresh sheets. You know, she just made the best out of the worst situation for me, which just gave me that space to just breathe and then and then be able to work out a solution. And it, that was shout amazing. Like those nurses. nurses. Yeah, yeah, shout out to all the nurses. For her to just walk in and just know that something that sounds so simple as just changing your sheets and giving you yeah. clean sheets, giving you a space to breathe is just, you know, saved you in that moment. It did. It, it means the world. I don't even know her name. How horrible is that? Like, I was so caught up with everything that she was the best. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, Nikki and I certainly can empathise with you on that. Both of our sets of twins have got um, additional needs of some kinds here and there. So I can't imagine trying, knowing myself personally and hearing what Nick has also been through to n- navigate that while being pregnant with multiples. Um, yeah, because when we both navigated this journey individually, we didn't have other children to even consider. It was just our twins. So yeah, yeah, mama, that would have been tough. <laughs> it, it absolutely was, and and you know, I don't think there's any comparing. Everybody has challenges, um, but yeah, yeah. The, the how you feel about yourself is, is so important and it does play such a huge role and I think if there's anything you can take away from this what we're discussing right now it's just to love yourself a little bit more um, give yourself some credit for what you're doing because the you know you can't control everything you really can't but um, if you can at least have that self-talk of saying you know what I'm doing my best in a shit situation it'll it'll help you um, yeah, so yeah, that pregnancy was horrible. It was horrible. I never, ever, ever want to do that again. <laughs> what was so the... When you said you were in hospital in a, like lots, what, what, why were you in and out of hospital? Were you actually on bed rest and what was going on? Yeah, so I think, I think the worst part was when I hit 26 weeks. I think I was just before 26 weeks and I actually went into labour. But I didn't know I was going into labor, which you'd think I'd know. I'd had another child. I'd had them naturally. You, but it was such a big gap, like you said. You forget. Like, you really do. Like, people are like, no, you'll never forget. But it's like, no, yeah, I, I absolutely forgot. And I didn't realize I was in labor. So um, I stayed home. I called the hospital. And um, then I was like, okay, I'll just have a shower. I'll just, you know, like it probably just sucks and hicks. So I had a bath, I had a shower, I tried to lie down and it was just getting worse. So we went up to the hospital and then before I knew it, they're organising a plane to take me to John Hunter. Um, 
and I was kind of in a whirlwind. Like they gave me some I can't even morphine. It was yeah, they gave me morphine straight away. So I was kind of a little bit out of it after that. Um, but it's like it was a whirlwind, and so then I'm getting taken to this little tiny cute plane. <laughs> And um, that's when I learned that it takes 15 minutes to get from Port to John Hunter Hospital in this little jet. It was going so fast. Wow. Um, yeah, and they'd given me a tablet at Port to try and stop it, mm. um, like a little red tablet. I'm sure lots of multiple mums are familiar with that tablet. Yep. And um, then I got to John Hunter, and um, then 24 hours later they give you another one. So, oh, is that like this? so we had steroid shots. Just try and get their they did, Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did steroid shots as well. And yeah, a, and then I had like to put on a trip. tablet. Yeah, and then there's an actual tablet. I had to take them for weeks and weeks, which is probably where you're going with it. Um, but I had to take them for weeks. I wasn't allowed to get up. And yeah, it's an actual tablet that stops the contractions. Yeah, so that that exists. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. Then they had to hook me up to the drip because I had gestational de- um, diabetes as well, and so the oh, insulin no. levels were going through the roof with the steroids. Yeah, <laughs> so I couldn't really move much. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, but it's okay. I mean, everything worked out, but it was really hairy there for probably three days. Mm. Um, and they were doing you know NICU tours and. You know, those people, I guess their support workers come around and give you the chat of, you know, if you're to have your child, these are the statistics. Mm. And they were like, sorry, we don't have twin statistics. I'm like, what do, what do you mean you mm. don't have twin statistics? Yeah. So it's like, so well, what, are, what are our chances? What are their chances? And it's like, no, we don't have that information. Like, so, like, you do, it's a real mind. I don't know if you can swear on this thing, but yeah. it's, <laughs> it's a real mind fuck. Yeah. yeah. And I, sorry, Nikki, no, I was go. just going to say one thing that's really important um, if anyone is facing premature labour is to do that NICU tour because, yeah. oh my gosh, that was just such an eye opener. And to yeah. see it while the babies were still in me, um, I think. When I was back down there facing the whole thing, um, when they, the babies were in there, I wasn't nearly as panicked because mm-hmm. I had had a really good tour. I'd had those people come and talk to me that you just were talking about, the support workers. Yeah. Um, and it made a world of difference just having – I'm a planner. And yeah. if I know what's happening, I find life a lot easier to deal with. So for me, having seen the NICU, knowing – all of their chances and they'd come and see me each week and update me um, and yeah having that tool was just the best thing so I highly recommend that to anyone who is facing a premature delivery. I, I would agree with that becoming familiar with a place that you know and you know I follow a lot of twin mums and multiple mums and and journeys of lots of other people that I've heard and they've been in their you know it's been their second home for months so mm to be able to try and, and build that relationship and build yourself to be comfortable, like there's, that is worth so much. Mm. Um, so we're just really lucky we didn't um, end up staying down at John Hunter and I got to fly back home, but I was um, in the hospital for a while then and I ended up needing some surgery, which um, I don't know how common it is in multiple pregnancies. I think the need for it would be quite high, but I know that they were not keen to do surgery while I was pregnant. Oh, and wow. I can understand why. 
Yeah. Um, so I needed a stint put into my kidney because my kidney was blocked because I was just so tiny and they were so big mm. um, that they were blocking off my kidney from functioning and that's what actually put me into labour. Yeah, right, because your body so needed they to needed to. Yep. Yeah, so they needed to unblock that kidney so that kidney could function. Wow. Um, so they put me into surgery. I was 30 weeks by that point and um, – they were waiting until I was 30 weeks to try it and, again, give them the best chance if it was to go the other way. Um, and so, yeah, I, I freaked out about that surgery too because I hadn't had a cesarean previously. They actually petrified me because I saw one of my friends go through one, you know, a few years prior. And um, they keep you awake. So... <laughs> Anyway, they were keeping me awake to this surgery because they couldn't put me under because it wasn't safe yeah. being 30 weeks pregnant with twins and having surgery. Wait. So I was absolutely petrified asking them for like a thallium or like anything to calm me down because I was just having so much anxiety. Um, anyway, they gave me nothing, but they did get somebody to hold my hand, which was amazing. And so I'm getting this put in. I couldn't see what was happening, but... um. And I couldn't feel it either, but yeah, it was just terrifying having to the thought of being awake and them doing things to you. Um, so that all went well, and I got to go home two days after that. And yeah, I was just I had to leave work like really early, which also wasn't planned for. Um, I was that a bit was the same. Through. Even just going through any kind of medical thing when you're pregnant with twins, so I had to have an MRI for goodness' mm. sake when I was <gasps> with twins. And I was like, how on earth am I going to fit in that tube? I was <laughs> 30 weeks pregnant or something. And I was like, I, my belly is physically not going to fit in that tube. And they were like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> did you have a panic attack from getting yeah. claustrophobic? Oh, yeah. That's a whole other story. I, I had to have a tooth extraction. Oh, my God. Yeah, I had to have a full tooth extraction because one of my teeth was, like, completely damaged and it was broken in two and they'd been tapping it. But then because your nerves and everything becomes more sensitive when you're pregnant and worse, again, with multiples because our hormone levels are so high, I was just in excruciating pain. So they had to – and they had to, like, put me sideways on the table to support my belly and only lightly put me under. Same thing. They had to do it pretty much awake so that there was a less risk factor. It was so scary. Um, but oh I had to get God. this tooth out. They couldn't wait. So oh weird. Random God. surgeries you went under when pregnant with twins. Yeah, <laughs> we digress. We have to. I, I need to ask, though, Jackie, your kidney function now, did it get affected long term from that and as a result or do you now have normal kidney function? I am pleased to say I do have normal oh, kidney function now. So there were multiple tests done. The stint was taken out um, six weeks later. And, um, yeah, I've had multiple tests done, even one done recently just to recheck again, and it's fine. So I'm really lucky. I think that I guess my body told me what was happening by forcing that, you know, labor to occur and then, you know, getting really well looked after by all the professionals and really closely watched. I think that's probably the difference between, you know, me having full kidney function now and, you know, you can absolutely get damaged kidneys from things mm-hmm. like that and it can absolutely happen quickly by the sounds of it and from what I've read. So Incredible. I think I'm lucky there. Yeah. Incredible. 
It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com. So you Very managed lucky. to then obviously at around 30 weeks you actually managed to go back home. So what, what yes, happened then for the I remainder? And, and tell us, uh, when did you deliver the boys in XYZ? Yeah, so um, I did get to go home, which I was stoked. I was stoked because I needed to, you know, obviously try and tie up loose ends with Xavier and all of his needs to try and get his support network set up and, you know, him well supported for when, you know, I wasn't available um, and I just couldn't. Um, So that was really important to me to be able to go home and look after him. Um, Did you go by yourself to John Hunter? Like what? Yeah, there was no one else allowed in like the little jet thing because it was so tiny. So there was literally a midwife, the dude driving and me. Yeah, so, so your yeah. husband and or your partner and your child were at home. Like yeah. was it yeah, and wow. so yeah, so um Davia, um, we needed to get careful and then my husband drove down that night actually. It was raining, it was dark and yeah, he just sorted everything out and was just running on adrenaline I think and um he got down and met me there just a few hours after I got there. Um, I'm really lucky. My brother lives in Newcastle, so he was there to see me the next day. Oh, so fantastic! Yeah, and his wife was pregnant at the time as well, so we, you know, had all our pregnancy stories to talk about together. And um, yeah, it was it was like Newcastle's like a second home to me. So it wasn't too, you know, too far out of my comfort zone in that regard, um, which I think is a little bit helpful when you're going through something that's quite, you know, full on. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so, yeah, so, so what happened next? So, um, sorted out Xavier. We ended up, um, ended up changing his schools, I think, about that time. Um, and, yeah, just really building up on the support network. Um, we ended up getting a diagnosis of ADHD with autistic traits. Um, so, he wasn't um, consistent enough to be diagnosed with um, autism. Um, but the ADHD was definitely significant. So, um, that was, that it was good to finally just have something to work with because it's just like you, you know, you can see the, the child struggling and you're trying to work mm-hmm. out how you can support them and how you can encourage them and, and, you know, what's the best way to do that as a parent? You know, there's no manual. You've got to wing it and you've, You've got to, you know, ask and hunt and look for answers for things. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I pushed um, to get the diagnosis. And then, you know, I had lots of people suggest, you know, do you need a diagnosis? Do you want to drug your kid? Like lots of opinions, so many opinions. Um, change his diet. He shouldn't be having sugar. All of these things. And trust me, I've already had done that before we mm-hmm. got to this point. Um and so it was good to just finally have, okay, this is what we're dealing with. You know, you're talking about how you're being a planner. It's a it's like similar thing. It's like when you know yeah. what you're dealing with, you can build a plan to navigate that. But if you don't know what you're dealing with, you're just stabbing in the dark. Like mm. how is that helpful for, you know, your kids? So it was really good to be able to build that. Um, I couldn't do a great deal. Um, I could still drive, which was fantastic, um, but I was pretty much like, stuff on the couch with Netflix <laughs> um, most of the time. So um, that was interesting because I'm a very busy person usually and going from, you know, I was a retail manager at the time. I was, you know, managing a team of people and um, 
so work was always busy, busy, family was quite busy and then going from all of that to, to nothing, that probably really messed with my self-esteem. <laughs> so I had to really work on um, realising that you're enough and that you're doing enough, even though I wasn't doing a great deal besides building two humans. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because that's nothing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think because I'm a results-driven person and I just couldn't see the results because it's yeah. inside of me and, yes, my stomach was getting bigger, but that's about it. <laughs> and it's like, is that an achievement? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I ended up making it to 37 weeks. I don't know how. I absolutely wow. thank my wow. lucky stars. Um, and I was going in to have steroids again because once you have steroids, they don't last long. And then if you go into labor again or you end up having them again, you need another round of steroids to be effective, apparently. So that was um, news to me. So I needed to go in to go on the drip again for the insulin levels um, and have the steroids again. Um, and we were going to deliver by a C-section um, because I had both breached. They were breached the whole way through and they were not moving. <laughs> um, so I was absolutely petrified of that, but I'd already been through the other surgeries. kind of like, it's okay, you've done it before, you were okay, like, you'll be okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, then they ended up coming actually the first night I stayed in. Um, so we'd had one round of steroids and um, I went into labour that night and in the hospital, I had a room and there were two beds, but it was just me in the room. And um, through the day, this other lady had, had come in, obviously pregnant, um, and um, the curtains were shut and everything, so we didn't really talk. But um, it was about 2 a.m. and I was getting these pains and um, she obviously heard my distress. And she's like, are you okay? And I was like, well, I've just got these really bad pains. Um, so we just started chatting about our kids that we'd already had and um, it was the most random 2am chat with a stranger um, and I was talking about, you know, Xavier and what we'd just been through and um, she had a similar story. Um, so it was um, really nice to actually have a conversation like that while you didn't realise you're in labour. <laughs> Bit of a distraction there. And then about 6 a.m., they come and whisk me away. And it was Father's Day. Oh. And, yeah. And um, my husband um, isn't Xavier's dad. So for him, this was his first um, biological children. And um, he got a call um, to come down because I was heading into surgery for an emergency C-section. And so um, he came and um, we prepped and, and went in and and had two beautiful, healthy boys on Father's Day. Wow. So, yeah. Wonderful outcome to quite quite yeah. a sort of a fraught pregnancy that with, you know, lots of things happening. So it does Absolutely. just kind of show for our, you know, for our listeners who are having problems uh, with their pregnancy, which are quite common in a multiple birth pregnancy, but there is sometimes every chance you're going to make it to 37 weeks. Absolutely. there's It happened to me. I don't know how, but it did and it can happen to you. And I think just keep that self-talk as positive yeah. as you possibly can um, and surround yourself with as much support as possible 
and just keep, you know, one minute at a time when it's absolutely insane, one hour at a time when it's a bit more manageable, one day at a time when it's, you know, pretty manageable. Because I don't, I don't know advice. whether everyone, yeah, I don't know whether everyone struggles. Um, I mean, I can't say I've ever heard somebody say, wow, I had an amazing twin pregnancy or multiple pregnancy. Mm. Um, but um, I know I'm not the only one who's had it tough. I know there's plenty of people and yeah, so definitely be kind to you, man. <laughs> Fantastic. So at 37 weeks, what weights were they? Oh God, you're asking me? Is it oh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the, the biggest thing I've lost is my memory. So, so I would have to go back child, and have a look at They don't count, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even remember my first child. <laughs> um, I just know they were healthy and they were alive, so I'm joking with that. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Did you do any nitty time or special care? Um, no, yeah, we did some special care nursery. Um, I had one in a little bit longer than the other, um, so we all went up to special care nursery initially, um, and that's when I tried breastfeeding. So um, I'd already done successful breastfeeding, so I wasn't too concerned. Um, and, yeah, everything went fine, so that was great. It was just a little bit, you just, I don't know, I just got really exposed. I was kind of in the middle of special care nursery, boobs out everywhere. There's people walking in and out. Um, oh, yeah, there's nothing so, glamorous about twin feeding. Oh, no. And there's, yeah, no, there's no such Nothing so, <laughs> getting getting used to it, like just feeling more exposed, was um interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that before. When you think about breastfeeding, you know, I, I like I had this like Madonna like Serene in <laughs> with this gorgeous rosy cheeked baby nestled in the crook of my arm. And to be perfectly <laughs> frank, I had these two rather alien looking premature <laughs> children mm-hmm. attached to my exposed breast with this enormous um, cushion underneath me and, yeah, there was just nothing pretty about it. (laughs) But in saying that, if I can make any recommendations, it's to take um, my best friend's um, feeding pillows in with you to the hospital because I think that really helped me to be able to navigate the football hole um, to feed them both at the same time and then to just start building that routine of feeding two babies at once. Yeah, it does help, I think, if you do get confident with your own pillow before you leave the hospital. Yeah, yeah. but in saying that, we still went on to have problems. Like I'm not yeah. going to say we had a perfect breastfeeding journey. We ended up dealing with tongue ties and um, reflux and uh, dairy intolerance even um, oh, as wow. we went along. So, um, Actually, do you know what? Yeah. How would you feel about coming back to talk to us about your feeding problems? Because I think that in itself is all quite, it would be an interesting episode on its own. Yes, for sure. I think there needs to be way more education about things that can go wrong so that mums can have it in their mind if they can see the red flags without, yeah, absolutely. Just quickly before we go, just wrapping that up, um, Jackie, you've spoken very honestly and openly about your eldest son. How did he then go with the transition um, to being the solo child to then being a bigger brother with a set of twins underneath him? He's honestly, he's the best. Like um, I gave him, because we we didn't think we were going to have two boys, as I said earlier. So um, I was really struggling with boy names. 
So I said to him, look, would you like to name one of the boys? And he was so excited. Um, so I gave him jobs, really important jobs that, you know, um, he can look back on and still to this day be stoked about. So he got to name um, one of the boys and that was Leonardo. He named him Leonardo after his favourite Ninja Turtle. And um, I was going to say that's risky because I mine would have been named after Ryder or Chase or some <laughs> member of the Paw Patrol. And so to this day, those two have this impeccable bond that you can't even, I don't even think you can describe it or write about it. It's just, they are just meant for each other, those two. Um, And it is the most adorable thing to watch. It's just. Mm. How did you choose which baby got Leonardo? Um, yeah, interesting. So in the womb, again, I'm not sure whether other mums felt this way, but for me, um, they both had their personality before they came out. Um, I could tell who was where and what they were doing. Mine didn't move all that much, you know. Um, they were breached the whole time. Um, so I had twin A down a bit lower transverse most of the time. And then um, my little soccer player, <laughs> twin B at the top, right where my ribs are. <laughs> Oh, and so that mm. <laughs> so their personalities really um really did show and so we sort of we sort of went with twin A will be William, um and twin B would be, you know, Xavier's choice, which was Leonardo and it it fits them perfect. So I think we just winged it really well to be honest. Um I don't think there's mm. any way any other way you can do it really. So mm. I've read articles about people who, you know, have this, what is it, um, name regret. Yes. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky we didn't get that. Yeah. If anything, I'm wishing we named William Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> but I guess because he was older, you could actually go through that experience with him because as I've said, we've spoken to a lot of, yeah. of multiple mums that have or multiple parents that have had one, but they're quite close in age or the, the second one's younger. But, yeah, I guess you could go through that experience and really share it with him at six. Absolutely. I mean, he had his own challenges and we went through those. But, um, again, I just think we were lucky. Like, it didn't impact him to a point of his, you know, everyday functioning to be just a normal human kid. Um, he was still all about having fun and, um, yeah, being able to include him in what I could was fantastic. Trying to hide when things were wrong, which is absolutely what I did, was hard. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't change it. I don't think he needs to deal with adult problems. Mm. You know, he was fit. Um, but I do wonder, I guess, where his brain was at when I was, you know, rushed to hospital so many times. Um, but I think he handled it really well. Like, he did such a good job. So, Amazing. Jackie, thank you so yeah. much for joining us and sharing this part of your story. Like Naomi said, I think there's so much we'd still love to unpack. I mean, I know uh, on from just not just the feeding issues yourself with breastfeeding, but then you've gone on um, on your Instagram still a lot of uh, nutrition and food for kids as well. So there's so much more we'd love to chat to you about. Uh, are you happy to come back another week? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys. And if anybody wants to follow you, give us all your handles. Where can they find all your info? <laughs> yeah, so um, on Insta probably the best place. Um, just my name, Jackie Lee Jones, um, and then underneath that I've got Twin Mum Plus One. So either of those, you should be able to find me on Instagram and you can follow along our journey. Um, we definitely 
tried to start that community and build that community to to just you know start conversations and and I've got have to everybody ask, support each you, other. Have you built that your your Instagram following since you've had the kids? Is that that sort of been your? Yeah, that's when I was stuck in hospital all the time. Like, you know, as I said, like I'm a busy person, so I'm used to doing things, and I really struggled with. You know what am I actually doing? So yeah, I started Instagram from the hospital bed because I just I was like, okay, what can I do with what I've got? Which I've got nothing. I've got a bed and a phone. <laughs> so, yeah. so um yeah, I started Instagram there and I found it to be my place. It's almost like therapy for me. Um, I was able to you know reach the outside world when I felt so isolated. Um, and have conversations with people and find all different types and walks of life, find people who have similar things as well because, you know, you sort of feel like you're the only person in the world going through something. Um, And Instagram really opened up um, my world from a hospital wall to to every every person building connections and I found that to be my failure, 100%. Well, thank you for keeping it real because um, I think that, you know, Instagram can often not be completely real, but you certainly have kept it real. And can yep. I just tell you something else that is real? Yep. So for our listeners that don't know, um, I'm recording this from the inside of my walk-in robe, and <laughs> my cat was asleep in my long skirt, and I didn't realise. And halfway through this recording, all of a sudden, everything started moving, and I thought, <laughs> uh-oh. Are we having an earthquake? And I was like, no. <laughs> and then I realised all the skirts were swinging and I thought, oh, my gosh. And then she stuck her head out. Scared <laughs> the life out of me. So this is you handled that so well. We didn't even know. I no <laughs> idea. I am recording live from my cupboard and I will share the photo because I actually took my ear away from the phone and used my phone <laughs> to take a photo because it's scared the living daylights out of me. Oh, so, that is so good. You know, have a good oh, twins and keeping it real. I tell you what. <laughs> and I thought I've been under pressure. I've had to put my microphone down about 10 times because of the request coming through for snacks. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> That's nothing compared to an earthquake caused by a cat. <laughs> Well, I didn't know what it was. I'm, I'm literally, I'm lying on the floor in my walking oh. robe. So all I could see was the stuff above me wobbling. And I thought, is it me moving or is it my clothes? Oh, and on <laughs> anyway. that note, we're going to go for another week. Jackie, we'll get back in touch with you. We'll organise another time. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Talking Twins and More. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com.